Here we go, a brand new edition of Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. How you doing, everybody? Steve Cashel, your Chicago Bulls radio host, joined this week by Dr. Nick Verma. He is the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox, sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, subbing this week for Dr. Brian Cole, my usual co-host. Dr. Nick, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Steve? Good. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, White Sox doing uh, doing well. You've got kind of those dog days of the season right now, but trying to keep guys healthy, right? Yeah, no question. You know, August when unfortunately you're not looking at a playoff spot is, is a hard place to be in the baseball season. But, you know, the great news about the White Sox is when we look to next year and beyond, uh, everybody's just so excited about the potential for, for this team and, and everyone we have in our minor league organization as well as all the development that's happened on the major league side. Well, good. I want to start this show, Doc, talking about a former White Sox pitcher. He now pitches for the Boston Red Sox. Pitcher Chris Sale, we find out this week, will not require Tommy John surgery to fix his current elbow injury. And Sale evaluated by Dr. James Andrews. We've had Dr. Jimmy Andrews, as Brian Cole calls him, many times on this show. And uh, Sale was evaluated by Dr. James Andrews and confirmed that Sale has inflammation in his left elbow, treated it with a PRP injection, the platelet-rich plasma. So take me through that, if you will. That's what we do on this show, you being the expert. Uh, explain to our listeners what PRP is and the difference between having a Tommy John surgery for Chris Sale or the PRP. So, Steve, as we've talked about on this show before, the biggest issue for elbows in, in baseball players is the Tommy John injury, which is, as we call it in medicine, the ulnar collateral ligament. It's the ligament on the inside aspect of the elbow that provides stability to the elbow and is placed under significant stress when you're throwing a baseball. When you have these injuries, uh, they cause pain, they cause inability to generate velocity and loss of control, which is obviously you know, uh, not a good thing for a professional pitcher. Uh, when we're deciding how to treat these injuries, what we're really looking at is, is it a partial injury or is it a complete injury? And is the injury at the top of the ligament or the bottom of the ligament? And that's what helps us to predict prognosis. In this case, based on the data that we have available, this appears to be a partial tear or just some inflammation of the ligament, what we would call a, a, a ligament sprain, not a ligament tear itself. When that happens, there's an opportunity to treat this without surgery. Um, and we do that either by or as a combination of resting the player. So generally it requires somewhere between a 6- and 12-week shutdown, medications that they take by mouth to try to decrease inflammation, and then a gradual build back up. PRP is a blood product injection where we actually take a sample of the patient's blood, we spin it in a centrifuge, and we try to harvest the layer of platelets. Platelets are the little parts of our blood that help with clotting, but they're important because they contain numerous growth factors. And the idea is you inject it into the site of injury to try to stimulate a healing response. And if we look at the data for partial tears treated either with or without PRP, the prognosis is actually fairly reasonable. Somewhere between 50 to 70% may actually make it back to pitching at the same level and be able to avoid a surgery. So you're looking at sale maybe out, I think they were guessing, predicting six weeks or so. So otherwise, if you have Tommy John, Dr. Nick, how long is he out? It's 14 months, and you know that's an important point because when we make these decisions, particularly at a major league level, there's so much that goes into it in addition to the injury. So if you look at sale, for example, if he had Tommy John today, he would not be looking at coming back until the 20 to 20, 2021 season. If he has Tommy John in October, he's still looking at the 2021 season. So essentially, we've got a little time to play with house money to see if we can resolve this without having to put him through a surgery. In addition, you know, the Red Sox are currently on the outside looking in, but not inconceivable that they could make it 
to the playoffs, and if they're playing in, in the end of October, then this is the one opportunity that would give him a chance to come back and pitch in a playoff scenario. So those are the type of factors that we think about, contract status, the age of the player, all those things go into our decision-making about how we treat this on a professional athlete. Visiting with Dr. Nick Verma. He's my co-host this week, subbing for Dr. Brian Cole. I'm Steve Cashel at Sports Medicine Weekly, talking about Chris Sale, the 30-year-old former White Sox pitcher, now, of course, with the Boston Red Sox. And I mentioned 30 years old. Age goes into that as too, uh, as well, Doc? Yeah, no question. I mean, if you Chris probably still has uh, you know four, five, six years remaining. But if you get a player that's at the end of his career and you're looking at taking him away from the game for 14 months, that's probably the, a career-ending injury. So in those situations, we're certainly much more aggressive about trying things like PRP or stem cells or alternative treatment modalities just to give them a chance to come back in a relatively short period of time and extend their career one more year or two more years. What happens, Doc, when uh, obviously the Red Sox, as the White Sox do, you're the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox. The Red Sox have their own head team physician, but a player like Chris Sale says, well, I want to go to Dr. James Andrews. How does that process work? Does it start with the agent or the GM or all those people involved? I think it's involvement at all levels. And look, the first rule of being a head team physician, particularly at a professional level, is you check your ego at the door. The the goal here is to provide the best care that we can to these athletes. And if that requires other sets of eyes or opinions or two or three people putting their head together to decide what's in the best interest of the player, that's what we do. And, and, you know, fortunately where we are, we have guys like Dr. Jim Andrews or Neil Alitraj or others that are around the country and really super specialized in baseball um, that we that we lean on and collaborate with to, to help us make these uh, decisions and to either reassure patients or players that that uh, they're making the right decisions. Take me inside the White Sox. What have your, some of your uh, rookies learned about uh, health and fitness and sports and medicine uh, that maybe they didn't know what they were before in the in the minor leagues? Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing that they learn in the, as they come up in the, in the major leagues is just the day-to-day grind and the fact that they've really got to change the way that they take care of their body and manage their workload. And that's what we really try to uh, teach them. You know, the young guys that, that come up, um, some of them come from other countries, you know, it really is understanding what is involved in completing a major league season and remaining healthy. And I think that's the biggest learning curve, at least on the medicine or nutrition or sports conditioning side that these that, that the young guys have to learn is how do you actually make it through a season that plays 162 games? And give us a takeaway, if you can, for the parents out there. My boys just went through another long season, 60, 65 games of pitching. Uh, we're really um, not pitching at all now, throwing it all. Uh, I think that's what I've learned is to shut them down. But uh, for the softball players out there, for the people going into other sports, uh, shut it down now. If you pitched a lot of innings this summer, is that the takeaway? We're getting into fall ball season. You know, most of this will wrap up by end of September, October. Shut it down. Wait until after Christmas, and then you get back into it after that. But if you can take those three months, October, November, December, let your arm rest, play basketball, do something else, that's the recipe for longevity as a baseball player. What have you seen this summer, Doc, uh, from the baseball pitchers, the softball girls pitchers, um, as far as uh, pitching injuries? Is, is it mostly the elbow? Is it shoulder? So we don't see the elbow in, in the windmill pitchers. They just don't put the stress on it that okay. the overhand throwing athletes do. The big issue for the, for the windmill pitchers is the shoulder, um, and that's where we deal with most of their problems. It's either sh- uh, shoulder or it's bigger injuries in terms of the core or lower extremities where they're really generating their velocity. And it's amazing how much these girls throw in, in comparison to the boys. You know, they'll go to a tournament, a three-day tournament, and pitch in three games. That would never happen uh, on the men's side. Right. It's amazing how durable they are. 
The problem is we just don't have the data like we do in the overhand throwing athlete to say this is the pitch limit, this is how much rest you need, this is the recovery time. It's a little bit more fly-by-night, but people are starting to look at that in more detail to come up with recommendations about what's safe for the women when they play. Great stuff. Let's move on.